you know, one of the things I get to do in the coaching of youth basketball and businesses is that sometimes the players and the business owner feel the exact same way when I get to work with them. Welcome to the Sports Backdrop, where we use sports as a backdrop for way bigger conversations. That includes discussing the latest trends and developments in the world of sports. I am your host, Eric Kazmop. This podcast exists because of the team at CADCM. At CADCM, we make content creation enjoyable. We are on a mission to help leaders create content, content that will improve lives, content to be proud of, content that fosters community. We know through firsthand experience how content brings people together, and we love helping make that happen. We produce podcasts, short-form videos, blog posts, and other written works, while also providing support in website development, social media management, and strategic planning. And we would be excited to help you Visit cascm.com to learn more or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I wanted to start because it looks like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're teaching an econ class or have been in the past, economics at Mississippi State. Is that right? I have taught uh, a few classes here in economics, master's, PhD level classes, uh, about five years of that. And then now I teach a marketing class to business owners in the field. And also we have students in our Masters of Agribusiness Management program that is currently, they're taking that class that I'm teaching this summer too. So in the field or in the classroom, either one, it's marketing right now. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, we'll stay on there because I was gonna say like, what is going on with this economy? It's very confusing. I think we're supposed to be a year and a half into a recession and here we are. I I don't know. It's very confusing times. (laughs) Yeah, you know, depending on what you look at, what the report is each day, it may be up or down. So, you know, most people, most small business owners are keeping their heads down, working on taking care of the customers they have and trying to reach new ones. Yeah. I mean, no matter what's going on in the economy, we have to stay focused on that. Yeah. And the tactics to do it may change a little bit in the environment, maybe a little harder to get to reach people, but those are still the goals no matter what's going on in the environment. Yeah. Is that a big reason why? You're looking at podcasts and appearing on podcasts and doing some of your own content is because of, you know, it's about talking to new audiences and reaching people, but it's also about learning. It's about becoming better communicators. There's so much that goes into being on a podcast. But when you think about it, like, why are you appearing on this podcast and podcasts in general? Yeah, well, you know, it's one of the ways that you do learn. You learn from each other. Nobody's got it all figured out in marketing, certainly. And you learn how to create content that reaches new people. Yeah. Some people like to digest videos. Some people prefer podcasts. You know, they have a longer commute, maybe. You know, there's just, everyone's a little bit different. So when you're trying to reach a business owner with a course or anything that we offer here, you know, we're trying to put content out in places where they may be. And that's going to differ a little bit for every one of them. So you create some yeah. content. As you know, you've got to repurpose it and put it on different channels and different formats to just make it more palatable for someone to consume. Yeah. I think one of the things that comes up, and I know you've addressed this and I talk about this a lot myself, is you're participating. You're in the game, right? Podcasting's a big deal. You're trying it out. You're seeing what works. And no different than a business owner getting on, pick any social media platform or just a business owner in general. If you're an entrepreneur and you start a business, you are playing in the game. If that's something that's calling to you, then do that. If you want to work for a company, then do that. And I referenced this on a recent podcast and I'll bring it up again because I think it was just story hit home for me and I was building the business and my son was playing at a youth basketball 
league and a camp and you know all this stuff and they, they have this really good messaging that's out there and they welcome anybody and i think it was eight or nine years old and one of the teams had lost and some of the kids were upset it was a very close game so afterwards this is yes i can basketball here in charlotte north carolina the founder of the company sits all the kids down he makes sure that they're all listening their eyes are on the coach on the founder of this business and he tells the story he's like i know a lot of you are upset and granted they were going to get over it pretty quickly they're about to have some snacks and go have a good day yeah he said a lot of you just lost and you're very upset and i understand that and some of you won and you're very excited i get that i just want to let you know there's three feelings in sports it's winning losing and not participating for those of you who've lost yes would winning have been better i'm sure it would have felt better but you know what at least you're playing you're not sitting on the sidelines you are part of the game and you're getting in the game and that hit me just, you know, you're going to have doubters, you're going to have bad days, you're going to lose, your business might fail and all that kind of stuff. And I know you've, based on what the conversations you've had in the past about your kids playing basketball and how important sports is, when I say that, like, you're not along with me, you know, what's coming to mind for you? Well, a lot. I mean, I've coached <laughs> youth basketball for 20 years plus, and we've experienced all those moments. And the only moments you regret at the end of the game are the moments you didn't think while you were in the game. And I always tell the kids that it's like, you know, you see a play you could have made and because you did not fight over or fight through the fatigue you had to do something, that play is gone now. I said, but yeah. guess what? Next play's coming, right? And so one of the teams that I coached, uh, the one, the summer championship here in, in town, I put on the back of their jerseys, next play. That was the title on the back of their jerseys. We didn't have a team name. That was our team name. And I told him, I said, it's going to be a long grind this summer to win. You know, you're going to have to put in a lot of work. And no matter what happens, you're going to fail out here on the court. But guess what? That's part of the process. And so don't be discouraged. Learn from it and get to the next play because it is definitely coming. And I think the same thing is true in business. You're talking about, you know, being actively involved in content and different things. It's the only way you learn. Yeah. And the better you get at doing something, it means that you've been doing it repetitively and you're figuring things out. I saw a study one time where a professor gave his students this exam and he basically was teaching photography. And he told the students at the end of the semester, one half of them could just submit one image for their entire grade, just one. And he said, the other half of the class, you could submit as many as you wanted. You could take as many as you wanted and then you could submit the one you wanted, right? You could just do that. And what he found was the students who kept taking dozens and dozens and dozens of photos always had better images to turn in by the end of the semester than the ones that had just taken one or two shots mm. that they thought was perfect. In other words, repetition is the key to learning. And, you know, it's no different when we do this stuff on, on content, you know, in our case, trying to reach business owners and helping with their marketing. So you got to be out there in the field. You got to be in it. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about my job being able to be in the field with business owners and work with them directly. One of the most gratifying things I've ever experienced is to be able to help a business owner move forward in some way where they were stuck. You know, they were yeah. just stuck, didn't know what to do, didn't know the tool to use or how to connect with some people. And it's why I love to do the job I do here. Yeah. With sports, you have this aim of winning the championship, right? You talk about you won the championship for that season and it's a lot of fun to win that. I get it. But I've also heard from people and we've featured on another podcast that we produce. It was Jada Coleman, who plays at University of Oklahoma softball. They were two-time national champions. And she went back to her hotel room after and she's like, now what? 
who cares? Like I won. Well, yeah. sure enough, they just won for three years in a row, which is just in any sport, especially at a high level like that is good luck, man. It's just not easy. Wow. So you can win, but I would imagine that your team at the season that you're talking about would have still have gone through a lot and it would have gone through the journey because typically you're not going to win. Like go talk to an NFL or an NBA fan. Yeah. You're not winning. I'm from Buffalo, New York, right? Like <laughs> four Super Bowls in a row. It's like, it's unheard of. And the fact that they went back there four years is just insane to think about because typically the team that lost the Super Bowl does not have a good year. But man, there's just a lot to come from participating and perhaps you just don't win. And that exists again in all these different in business and in sports. But in sports, at least you have this mountain to climb. You have this aim of winning. Like what is success in business? Like you kind of get to decide, kind of, you do get to decide that for yourself. So when I say that, there's just so many different directions we can go with it. Oh man. First of all, I share your pain about the Buffalo Bills. Man, <laughs> I was a Jim Kelly fan. Yeah. Growing up as a kid. I grew up in Oklahoma, so we were next to uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and I was not a fan. And yeah. Most of my family, I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. There you go. So anything in the Northeast that could beat the Cowboys, I was in. I was a fan yeah. of that. <laughs> I love it. Buffalo's definitely at the top of the list. And, oh, it was painful watching them and just yeah. so close. And just one or two mistakes made the difference. And, I mean, they could have won four championships, yeah. right? Two at least, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's just a field goal here, a fumble here, and it's just, ah, uh, it's man. good. So I share your point. <laughs> there you I go. Appreciate that. That's, that. The, that's the first thing that I feel when you said that. Yeah. But you know what? Those teams that lost, even the Buffalo Bills at that time, what perseverance they had, what resolve they had. They may have lost that last game, but, man, the lessons learned and the grit and the determination and all the relationships, everything they developed over those four years, it went on with, for the rest of their lives and impacted yeah. their children, their families, and their friends too. So, I mean, it's not a lost cause just because you lose the game at the end of the season. And the chances are that you're going to. There's a stronger chance you're going to lose. And you launch a new product as a business, the great majority of them fail. But you have to learn from it in order to get up and do it again better. And that's just the process. Yeah. And the sooner you get used to that, the sooner you're like, yeah, let's just try a podcast. Let's do that for a season. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You, just, you start creating content, you just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough too, because when you're at, we're talking about youth sports, right? And I know your son's played basketball and the level of talent in basketball. My son played a lot of soccer. So obviously soccer is worldwide. Well, basketball, as we've seen, has gone worldwide now too. When we were younger, I was younger, like it was just getting going. There's a Tony Kukoc comes over to the Bulls and there's a few pages Stoyakovich. There's a few international players coming over. Now it's, they're some of the best players in the league. Yeah. So the competition rises. So I remember my son was playing at, I guess it's considered AU basketball, but you know, young and you know, they'd be pretty good. And then they would play a team that was really good. And that team would wipe the floor with them. And that team thought they were really good. And the next team would come in and you'd be like, well, the talent does not stop. And that would keep going on and on and on. And basketball is really competitive because there's only five spots on the floor for each team. So there's just not a lot there. And of course, there's going to be some great players. And they always, I can't think of the number 250, 300, whatever that number is that even make it to the NBA. So like, it's a very select few kids yeah. get to even realize that dream. And then every year, a whole new slew, like we got the draft, like a whole new slew of kids are coming in. So 
of the league to take your spot. So it's got to give. We can't just create new spots and new teams, and which they'll do, but that's only going to add, what, another 30 players if they had two teams? Yeah. So youth sports is fascinating because so often, like you hear like kids are playing to get that scholarship. Kids are playing because they're going to be, if they're baseball, they're going to be the next Bryce Harper. And that's awesome to have those dreams. And I'm not saying don't have those dreams. And it's a lot of fun to go for it. But there's so many other reasons to be playing sports that all that other stuff could possibly take care of itself. But you know, you've been involved with it as a coach, as a parent, in the community, as a leader, all of those things. Like, where do you see the state of youth sports? Like, first of all, there's just so much available. So I think it's amazing. And I think there's a lot of tools and resources and coaches that are out there and they're given their time and energy. Yeah. But there's a lot of toxic like anything else, right? Social media is amazing on one hand, and on the other hand, it's totally toxic and destroying our world. Like there's probably some in between, but you get what I'm getting at. Where do you see the state of youth sports today? You know, I can speak for basketball. I can say that we've been fortunate enough to be involved with some really good organizations and teams over the years. And the kids that we've had play have received a lot of encouragement, a lot of uh, good advice about the odds, like you say, of going on and playing at the next level and what you need to look for and how do you develop your skill set. and I tell you what, it is super competitive. It is. Like you said, you can look at a team in your hometown, you can look at these five guys, and you think, you know what? I don't think anybody's going to beat us this tournament. I don't think anybody can match our five, our one, our two, whatever. And then you get to the tournament, and maybe just people come out and can't hit the shots the first quarter, and then you don't get a chance to fight back because they're up 20 for the rest of the of the game and then yeah yeah when you're down a game now all of a sudden you have to really grind to get the next game and so it is always competitive and i guess that's just something that this is the state of the of the industry it's that you should expect that it's going to be super competitive no matter where you go what team what tournament it does not matter i don't care if you go to lincoln nebraska if you go to north south carolina you can go to california it doesn't matter there are five guys there that can beat you at any given time. And today might just be the day that you get past them. But then again, maybe not. So yeah, I love that element as well, though, because on paper, you can show up and you can look across and see a team and maybe they're not all really tall. And yeah, you think, well, you know what? We have a little more height. We have a little more of this. Yeah. And you play the game and they beat you by 25. Because they had five guys that were faster than the five guys you had, no matter who you put on the floor, and they could shoot better than you. So, you know, it looks one way like that, but the outcome can be vastly different. And I love that element of basketball, the game, because you don't know. We don't do this by paper. We do this on the court. And so you can draw it up however you want to, but how it turns out in the end can just go either way. And I love that about youth basketball. But our kids uh, strong work they have ethics, and they've learned that over the years. They have a drive and want to do it. Yeah, it would be great if they get a college scholarship, but throughout the process, they're also learning how to work with people. They're learning how to listen to someone who is an authority above them, who's guiding them, showing them what to do. I think that's important. And just learning to encourage their teammates, pick somebody up when they're down, because guess what? Mm. Someday you're going to be down. You want to be picked up too. Yep habits, discipline, the supporting teammates, I think is a huge one. I don't see it all the time because I don't think all coaches, again, 
it's funny, you, we could go sit there at a high school soccer game and someone, you could hear parents complaining about the refs. And I'm like, go put on a Premier League game or go put on the World Cup. That's at the highest level of the sport and they are making mistakes or at least people think they're making mistakes, right? Yeah. Do you think that they're going to get all those right in a high school game, let alone a middle school game and on and on the, down the list we go? Like, it's impossible. So they're going to make mistakes. I mean, the NFL every single week, all we talk about on Monday is how they the ref missed this and the ref missed that. That's at the highest level. I remember the one year they brought in the replacement officials and it was like hard to watch because they... Yeah. What are we expecting? Like perfection from all these different people. So it's pretty wild. So I think like the supporting of the teammates is a big one because I do see it in some sports. I see it. I've heard both, right? I see both girl sports where a lot of camaraderie, a lot of togetherness, a lot of good job. Hey, you did it. You know, that's really, and I've seen some toxic stuff too, but I've also seen like, there's a blame culture. Hockey's got it. Soccer's got it. And I'm sure basketball's got it too, to where like there's this blame culture that exists to say, you know, if you look in those two sports, exactly soccer and hockey both have a goalkeeper. So there's a last line of defense and it's very easy to blame that position because they stand by themselves. Or if they don't score goals, there's a striker, you know, or the goal scorer, they didn't do their job. So it's very easy to put the blame on because it's not me. It must be somebody else. And if I can deflect it off to somebody else, ooh, that's just way better for my psyche. Yeah. That's a dangerous, slippery slope to let something like that take form in a team because then nobody's accountable. Yeah. It can always be pushed off to somebody else. And the reality is everybody on the floor is responsible. Everybody on the bench is responsible. The coach is responsible. We're all responsible. So nobody gets out scot-free if we, if we lose. And if we win, everybody wants credit, right? Yeah. If you win, everybody wants credit. It's when you lose, yep. you have to look around and go, you know what? Today, we didn't get it done. And so yeah. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 7 a.m. That's the best you can do. That's the best response I think you can have is to go back to work at it. Yeah. You got to bounce back always. Yeah. You hope that so the thing with refs, it's like coaches, you know, a lot of them are volunteer. They're making not a lot of money to be out there that they could recognize this at some level, but it's hard, right? And those, some of those other sports I mentioned have a lot of players on the team, so you can't recognize it, but yeah. it's super important. I mean, you can watch uh, Ted Lasso right now and they bring the sports psychologists out there. So they're bringing it to the masses to say like, this is super important. This guy's not scoring goals because something's going on up here. Right. There's a lot of mental health. So if everyone's just yelling and complaining and saying, you're no good, that's not going to help. And chances are, you know, encouraging him, yeah, will help, but there's something deeper there. And that needs to be worked on. And that's no different than entrepreneurship. You know, so much of this stuff runs parallel to one another and they intersect to say, like, how do you manage this? Like sports habits, discipline, supporting your teammates, supporting yourself, you know, getting support from your family, taking a step away from it, going back to work and pushing through, you know, I mean, pick whatever you need to do. It's competitive. And you sports, I'll transition quickly here and we're going to be bouncing around, but that part of competition's big. You're at a university, right? And I know you're working with businesses, but you're also working with students. And, you know, I've seen videos of you and behind you is the college campus and it's the college students. And we're coming off of a year with the application pro and you're at a big state university. So we're coming off of a year where the applications are at an all-time high, like incredible numbers. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? You know, blind testing, you don't have to send in your test results, the common app, right? So all these numbers are huge. NYU gets like 120,000 applications for like, few spots. So less than a few percentage points of kids get into that school. You have other schools that it's a little bit easier to get into, but these state universities are doing incredible things. But 
as someone who's on the college campus and getting the vibe of all of it and being at a state university at Mississippi State, like what have you seen and you've been involved with it over the years? Like what have you seen with college? And, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about finance and debt and just all these things that go into it and the possibilities of a job and the promises of this is what will happen once you get your degree. What have you seen with it? Like, where do you stand with all of that and someone who's inside of academia? Well, gosh, Eric, you know, I've loved being here. This is going on 11 years for me in August. And I love the culture here. And it's really positive and encouraging. And I guess that would be how I would label it for someone looking to come to this university, you know, because that's how we approach our students in our department is we're here to help you succeed. We are literally here to play the guide role and help you achieve your dreams and get a great job, a great career, and a great start to life beyond here. And it's just always impressed me as I've seen people all across campus. They have that mindset of being positive, encouraging, and just bringing out the best in students. And I think that applies to sports as well. We talked about coaching a minute ago. You know, one of the things I get to do in the coaching youth basketball and businesses is that sometimes the players and the business owner feel the exact same way when I get to work with them. Over the years, coaching youth basketball, all of my teams except one, they were boys, you know, ages 6 to 16, 17, right? So I coached one girls team. I volunteered once and just said, hey, I'd like to do it. I'll just help out, you know, and just being able to speak positive things to them and, and all the teams. That's my philosophy. and so. When I got here at Mississippi State, I started seeing that all around me. And I was like, man, this is great. This is one of the things that attracted me to come here. Yeah. I had some friends and colleagues that were that way, and they were part of the process of me coming here 11 years ago. And that positive thing is something that was in me. And I coach with it, business owners. I encourage them. I'm like, look, it's not over. You're not out of the game. We just got to fix one or two things here and go again. That's what we got to do. And so I push that all the time. It's a very positive mindset. You know, it's not over. You're not defeated. You had a bad day, okay? You had a bad game if you're a player, right? It's the same exact thing. And I've always found that if we can be positive and encourage people, we get far more out of them than telling them, you made these five mistakes and this is always a problem and, you know, all kinds of language like that. Now, you may have to pull somebody aside on the basketball court and say, hey, look, you can't do that. The ref's going to give you another file, a tech. You can guide people without doing something that's discouraging. Because, I mean, let's be honest, there's enough discouraging things that happen in our world every day. So I always found it, you know, for me, it was just a huge blessing to be able to pull aside my little team, wherever they were, they could be nine years old or 19, it didn't matter. And just be able to speak life into their lives that day and say, look, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to do this. And here's how we're going to do it. And just to give them some positive encouragement. And I think that's the theme from everything I've seen here through coaching and now working with business owners for the last 11 years here. It's the same exact thing. That's my philosophy. Yeah. You get more out of people by encouraging them than you do anything else. Mm. Yeah. Well, you can see it in how you talk about all of this, whether it's sports or business or college students or, and what have you. And there's something to be said about these big state schools, right? There's a lot to be, you know, a lot of people are pushing to go to these ultra competitive colleges. 
And, you know, to each their own, right? There's opportunities out there for everybody. There's a college out there for everybody. Community college is an incredible resource for a lot of people. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You know, some people are choosing not to go to college or take gap years. I mean, there's more options and opportunities that exist. But I think these state schools offer these resources, an incredible network. And then if you can find the positive people when you're there on school, on campus, man, like that is it. I agree with you and and take advantage of it, right? It's what you put into it. No different than a business. Like if you're just showing up for an hour a day, like, yeah, you're not putting enough into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And, you know, I think having high expectations is just part of being able to get more out of people on a team or anything you do, you know, you have to set high expectations for yourself. And no matter what place you go into college or your career, there's no escaping hard work. Yeah. That's something I learned from my parents, especially my dad. And if you don't know what else to do, work harder. <laughs> yeah. Put in more time than somebody else does if you want to do better. And when I first started into college, my first year was a train wreck. I didn't do well at all. <laughs> my parents were like, okay, there you go. You're going, here you go. And I didn't know how to study the way I needed to. I didn't know how much time it was going to take. And let's be honest, I goofed off a little bit too. So that didn't help. And, you know, I had to go back. I had to step back a little bit and go to a different college for a year to get my GPA up. And then I could go back to where I was at initially and finish up. And, you know, the path is different for all of us, but there's no getting around just putting in the hard work. Were you a good high school student going into college? And was it a surprise because I was like all this opportunity to go have fun? Or how did that look? Yeah. So my graduating class, there were only 19 people. So it was a very small uh, yeah. school. And while I loved it and everything, you know, I think I was probably above average student, but I wasn't a 4.0 or 3.8, 3.5. I was somewhere around 3.3. You know, I went into college not having really thought through what it would take to study for some of these classes and didn't know what the expectations were. And so you learn that, though. You figure out where the bar is at, you figure out how much you have to put in, and you figure out you have to put in a lot more than what you were doing to be successful. So. I learned that lesson early on. I tell all my kids, you know, yeah. many of them are out of college, some of them now going into and two still in high school. And I'm like, look, when I went. <laughs> yeah, of course, there. Here we go, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> it did not go well the first year. So let me give you a little bit of advice that will save you a lot of heartache and a lot of stress. And it'll save me now a lot of money if we work this out together. So, yes. Yeah. There is a little different for everybody. What line of work was your dad in? My dad is 80 years old in July, and he has lived on a ranch all of his life. He did all kinds of other jobs, doing manufacturing while raising cattle. And so I grew up on a ranch. Yeah. I saw firsthand he had two or three jobs every day. And that was just the element I grew up around and saw. And I was like, you know, if I don't know what else to do, I'm going to put in more time and work harder. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. He's 80. Still doing the majority of what he wants to do, but with a lot of awesome. uh, guardrails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I heard you talk about in another podcast about cattle and about marketing and about sales. Yeah. And I do think a lot of times these things are built in us at a young age, right? It could have been baseball cards or lemonade stands or sell, you know, finding golf balls and selling those. And how do we get more people? And how do I get more traffic? Like, what's the hole I need to be on to sell more golf balls or whatever that might be in selling cattle? Is that what you saw too? And it's like, do you go back to those times to say, man, that 
taught me so much. And that's why perhaps I love marketing so much. And even though marketing has obviously for so many reasons changed drastically over the years and like over the last 10, 15 years, my gosh. So. Well, yeah, I guess I was exposed to this entrepreneurship side of things, even though back then you, it wasn't called that. Right. I was in uh, junior high and high school. My dad got me involved in activities. We had uh, different groups in our school and one of the things that we do, we would raise cattle and we would compete. And so they had these livestock shows that you would go to all around the area. And if you had a steer or a heifer or whatever you had, you would go around to these competitions. And so you would compete and then you'd go back home if you lost and you'd figure out what you did wrong and what you need to do with your animal and take better care of them or whatever it was. And then you go try again and compete again. And so I was early on exposed to that level of competition and in a different way as a kid. And then at the end of the day, we got to sell the cattle to see how much money we made. And so it was all, like you said, it was connected to sales. It was connected to, you know, keeping track of, you know, what are your costs for the year? How much feed? All these different things. It was the basic elements of running any business, but it was just in a very small one product example, right? It's just one thing that I was doing as a kid that teenager. But man, I wouldn't trade for that because I learned a lot of lessons. And that piqued my interest in economics, especially as a you know business economics, you know, running a company or a business. But it was very similar to me. It was very familiar. And so that was a natural segue for me when I went to college. That was, I like, well, I've already been doing this. I've got, it's familiar. So I want to learn more about that. And yeah. I wouldn't trade for those experiences. Not at all. Yeah. And then you come and you fast forward and what you've built, you know, masterclasses, if you will, and videos and teaching business owners on how to do it and coming up with the whole template around it. And in the midst of all of it, I guess it's like, I wouldn't say it's changing by the day, but it's pretty close. Then you start looking at AI and how that can perhaps, let's just say on a very basic level, can be a copywriter for you. It could be a strategist for you. And like, so this stuff is changing. I mean, and who knows what's coming next? And that might drop this afternoon for all I know. But as someone who's in it and understanding, because you said, well, you just got to keep working. The tried and true methods do work and saying what your dad said of, you know, when you don't know what to do, work harder, right? Those are the habits, the showing up, the consistency, all that stuff plays a part of it. Iterations, that other one to say, well, you're going to have to constantly iterate. If your business was doing great 10 years ago or 20 years ago, that's awesome. But you might have to change some things to continue that trajectory or to take it to that next level. That's fun. There's a dynamic to what you do every day. And the person that was in your class five years ago, if they could come back because there's more to learn and there's more things happening. But I guess that's probably what keeps you going every day in some regards. Yeah, well, the curiosity, right? We yeah. all have this sort of inherent curiosity as to how do things work, right? And so every day there's a new way to wireframe a website. There's a new platform, AI now, you know, all these different ways of doing that in marketing. AI is going to change a lot of things that go on. And now there's a buzz in just about every industry on the planet about how AI will impact it. And so there's a lot of interest in that. And so that's this big thing now. We're not all quite sure is, is chat going to basically replace all copywriters? No, I don't believe it will. Does it give you some ideas maybe to think through something you write? Yeah, of course. It's no different than looking on Google for titles of your lead generator that may be better than the one you have. And you tweak it a little bit to fit your audience and what they really want in content. But I mean, I don't think it's ever going to replace what we do when we have to custom analyze something. 
but it's fascinating, right? It's fascinating. In the class that I'm teaching this summer with our students, I introduced them to chat the very first day. Matter of fact, I asked them, I said, how many of you are using chat? And there was about half of them probably were using it or exposed to it and knew about it. And I said, well, here's your first assignment. And so we had, I had them go through and do some things on chat. I said, you need to get comfortable with this and learn this. I'm not telling you to use the tool to replace the hard work that you're going to have to do because I'm going to know if you do that. Because when you come in here and it's time to take a test or an assignment or something, I may make you write it with pencil and paper. There's not going to be any of that. I'm going to know exactly what your copywriting skills look like. But use it for research. Use it to learn with. Ask it questions about marketing. You know, use it as a tool. Yep. So we're right now in the midst of just trying to help them start to figure this out. Like, you know what? When you leave here, if you have a few micro-credentials about chat, maybe AI and marketing or maybe copywriting or project management or basic HR, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, the students could pick up like that in micro-credentials could differentiate them in the marketplace when they leave here and compete better. So yeah. any of these things we can bring to the students that are evolving, I think it's going to help them in their careers. Yeah. And it goes back to the whole resource thing about being at a university and having someone like you there to help people think through this and to push them to say, try these things. And here's why, and here's how to think through it because it's hard. It's, there's a lot of content out there and I, we go to YouTube, we could go to podcasts, we could go to books and sometimes, but you need direction as to what podcasts, what books, right? Yeah. Where do I go next for help? Who's the person I should talk to? And so often it comes from the people that your mentors, right? Your coaches, your teacher, your professor, your, you know, whoever that might be. And I think that's super important to have that. Network definitely matters. Yeah. And how you can learn to use certain tools, no matter what your profession is. Network always matters. Your environment always matters, no matter what you do. What type of students what businesses are they running and i'm sure it's a wide variety but like to name a few like what are the some of the types of businesses that you've seen come in there because there's all these exotic businesses now and that's really cool but sometimes it's like the quote-unquote boring businesses they're like oh those are dull that's like that's not exciting it's like storage is like enormous right now right and there's like all these different things but what are some of the businesses that that you're excited to be helping out that aren't necessarily like the dynamic ones that everyone hears about in the SaaS companies and whatnot, but you know. Well, some of the students have side hustles and we're teaching the Master Your Marketing course for business owners at the same time this semester. So I'm teaching students on Mondays and then on Tuesday evening and Tuesday morning, I'm teaching the business owners the exact same marketing concepts, but we're moving a little faster with the business owners. We only have uh, four times we can get together. The students have 10 weeks to be together. Yeah. So I've got a little more time with them. But the students have side hustles. Clothing brands is one. And I mean, they made, I think it was $40,000 last year with that. Yeah. And I was just, I was blown away. I said, wow, okay, tell us more. Because everybody in here can learn from how you did that on e-commerce. You know, how did you pull it off? What did you do? What were your strategies? You know, so... The more they share with each other, of course, they, the more everybody learns. Yeah. Another student builds many greenhouses. He goes around and he builds these many greenhouses in different communities around here. And I'm like, wow, where did you learn to build a mini greenhouse? Yeah. Like, did YouTube do it? He was like, no, no, no. I worked for a company and I got to know the owners and then they just, they didn't want to do it anymore. And I asked him if so I could cool. continue it. And so he had this really incredible apprenticeship story that he shared with everybody and Again, environment, network, all that matter because now he's doing that as a side hustle and he made 
30, 40,000 last year doing it too, but he, it's hard to manage as a student, but these guys right. have a lot of different ideas. And then I don't even know fully all the ideas yet. They have a deadline today, as a matter of fact, to submit some of their final ideas that they're gonna present at the end of the semester. They'll have a complete sales funnel, a complete everything, social media plan for the business. And so I'm excited to see what the rest of them look like. I only know of a handful right now, but the business owners we're working with on Tuesdays in the Master Your Marketing course, one is an app, a company that does custom apps for law enforcement. Mm. Really unique, how they connect and what they do and why. Another one is working in uh, helping landowners manage forestry or forest resources. They give them custom plans so they can maximize their timber value and I mean, there's all kinds of agribusiness and clothing and apps. And I mean, there's just a wide variety, man. It's a lot of fun just to see yeah. the different the diversity coming in. I could imagine. That's just fun to be around that. I think it's even fun to hear other people talk about different businesses and business ideas. Like, oh, did you know that someone was developing this and they were doing this? And there's this podcast and they always make fun of their own name, My First Million, which I'm sure students listen to. Sam Parr, who started The Hustle. And what they do is they just riff on businesses, on business ideas and business that exist. Did you know this was happening? And then it's not that you're going to necessarily, but you could do whatever you want with it, right? But I think it's just inspiring to be around it. It's almost like just how your brain thinks, how your mind thinks. Like, And for yourself to get to talk to the students and to talk to other business owners in your area to say like, there's all sorts of stuff. And who would have thought, like some of the things that you just said, you're like, I didn't even know that was possible, right? And how <laughs> yeah. cool is that? Yeah. yeah, I know it's such an organic place. It's something I've always loved being around in some way or another. And just to hear what they're doing, their ideas, and then to hear the ideas they have, but they haven't actually executed them. Yeah. Those are the ones that get me really excited too, because they're in the class to do that. And so I'm like, okay, great. We've got 10 weeks to get you ready to launch. So that when you leave here, you have a complete marketing plan. You have your sales funnel. You have all the things in place. If you then just need to go and execute or have someone build it, help you build it, or you build part of it, however you want to do that, you have a budget for it, you know exactly what you're going to do to watch this thing. That gets me excited because who knows? I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, we really don't know if it will be successful or not. Nobody can sit there and say, that definitely won't be successful. That doesn't exist. That just doesn't exist. And I tell them all the time, like, don't listen to anybody say that, okay? Yeah. They don't fully know. They don't have all the, the knowledge ahead of the curve. They don't know. It's possible. Let's see what you can build. Yeah. I don't know. For me, that's exciting to be around students who want to do that in business owners too. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times you hear that these people have these experiences, like someone who's working with a greenhouse company to take that and his own ideas and some other stuff and his experiences to go out there. And like I look at my son who's a soccer goalie and soccer player, and he was training kids. Because he was out there, one of his teachers says, "Hey, do you train kids?" He's like, "Yeah, I can." He's like, "Well, I know this player on our team wants to be trained, so he trains that kid." And then he shows up to practice, and he's playing a lot better. He's like, "What have you been doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm training with this person over here, right?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, can I get his name and number?" And and then it builds. And next thing you know, you have four or five kids, and you're doing it, and it's based off of a passion. And someone said, "Well, that you need to go get a job," and and you could do that too. And you take all that customer service that you've had and follow-up and messaging and text messaging to the parents. And because there's so many businesses and they're all like, they can be played off of something else, right? Like if you're into soccer, you could become a soccer trainer, right? We've talked about youth sports a lot today. And like, my gosh, think about 
you could be a basketball shooting trainer and you go to any city in this country and I guarantee you there are kids that want, and you could do it for all the wrong reasons just to make money off of them and take advantage or you could do it for all the right reasons and the money will come and you're treating these kids with respect. You're helping them out. They're getting better. You're giving them confidence. You're becoming a mentor in their life. It's like that's fulfilling, rewarding, all the above. Yeah, if I wasn't here, and I tell my wife this all the time, I said, you know, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing here at the university, that kind of thing, I would be coaching basketball. Because I've always mm-hmm. loved the game. I love the things that you learn from it. I love being able to encourage kids to try things and fail and get up and do it again and then pick their teammates up and encourage them and just teach them that whole process uh, for me has yeah. just been gratifying. I, I love that element of basketball, that the whole everything about it bringing the team together and striving toward a goal. And so what if we don't make it? The point of it is the, it's the journey that matters, right? Yeah, you know, we were in it together. You know, there's a bonding that takes place that I've experienced with every team. And I see those kids to this day, you know, all around the community. And a lot of them are really big now and bigger than me and often college and come back. And I yeah. see some and so gratifying. I had a young man come back from college. He's playing basketball in a school or now Alabama. And, he was in the gym and we were talking and he said, thanks coach. He said, mm. you were the first one to tell me that I could do this at this level someday. And man, that just choked me up. I get goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it, it was such a great moment. I was like, you know, that's why I love coaching. It's because that was a kid. I didn't even know he had all these doubts. I didn't know. And I told him, I said, you can do this. You have the talent. All you have to do is keep working hard, and and man, did he ever? And he's doing yeah. well. But I never knew that until he told me. That's been you know eight years, nine years ago. Yeah. So the benefits of doing that, encouraging those players, people, just encouraging people, it comes back to you tenfold. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. I could see it for you working with athletes, young athletes, and with business owners. And people that listen to this and myself alone, like this is why I enjoy doing it because I get to have conversations with people like you, James, and to have that positive attitude and to be a part of that and to listen to it. I mean, it, it means a lot. So how do we keep learning from you? You know, where do we find your content? Where do we learn about you taking classes, all of the above? Well, the course that we teach for business owners is called Master of Marketing. It's here at Mississippi State University. You can go to masteryourmarketingcourse.com and learn more about the course. That's open to anyone, any business owner, anywhere. We did the next class is coming up in September. And then the program that I direct here at the University for Marketing is called Bricks to Clicks Marketing. And you just put that in Google, Mississippi State, you'll find me. There's a one-on-one coaching tab on there too. I do free consults. No matter what you're stuck with in your marketing, if I can help, reach out. I'd love to help. Yeah. Well, James, thank you so much. And we covered it all. Youth sports and the economy, the state of college and helping young people and helping businesses and marketing, all that good stuff, man. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Eric, I've enjoyed it. The message broke up just a little bit there, but hey, thank you for having me on the show. And what a lot of fun it was to talk to someone who felt what I felt when the Buffalo Bills didn't do well for those four (laughs) years. Man, I still want them to win. You know, I still want to make up for that and get four more somewhere else. That's it. Well, (laughs) They got a good team. They got a good quarterback. I go back to that 13 seconds versus Kansas City. I think that was their chance. And I don't know what happened there. There's a lot of questions that just maybe go unanswered forever. But that was a big opportunity for them. So, But that's the way it goes, right? That's sports and you're competing. And you know, Kansas City's not a terrible team either. So, 
Oh, not at all. And, <laughs> but we don't have to talk about that moment again. We can let that go until next season. And move on to the next one. Next play, right? Next play, please. <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts. Everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.